Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. So I woke up the other day and my first thought was the words odds and ends. So it came in as a very strong impression, you know, not just a fleeting thought, but there was substance to it. So I felt like the Lord was on it. Pay attention to those first thoughts you have in the morning. Don't just grab your phone and hit the ground running like a lot of times we want to. Take a moment to say, good morning, Holy Spirit. That's a book by Benny Hinn. It's really good. But anyway, those first few moments of the day, they can be really profound if you invite Holy Spirit to speak. So I knew that this odds and ends thing was about my life and that the Lord was about to show me something. So I was just feeling at that time, just feeling like, okay, I had this thing going on here and that thing going on there, but wasn't really sure, you know, how did they all fit together? They didn't really seem connected, especially in these times. We're just, you know, coming out of COVID, stay home and businesses are still opening and, you know, and hopefully... Everyone is listening to the Lord to put their lives back together and change some things for the better. So I said, God, what's this odds and ends thing about? And how do you see my life right now? And he told me basically that I myself, I see it as odds and ends, but he sees it as beginnings and endings. So I titled what we're going to talk about today, Do Not Despise Small Beginnings. You know, some things are coming to an end that need to end. And some things are beginning, although small, but important. It's a transition time, and I needed to get God's perspective. Steve Backlund, I feel like I quote him a lot. Uh, He's really good, but he's onto something, and his wife is too. Like They're carrying something in the spirit, and they've really tapped into releasing it. So I love that. We can all learn from that. But I've heard some of their story. They tell a little bit of that in some of their messages. And it was a process. They didn't just wake up one day with a thriving ministry. You know, it takes time. It takes a small start. But one of the things he says is sometimes your perspective or the way you view a problem can be a bigger problem than the problem itself. And in this case, I needed to change my perspective. All right. So we have odds and ends versus beginnings and endings. So when I'm feeling a certain way based off of my experience, God is feeling a certain way based off of his sovereignty and his plans for me. I need to get his feelings and his perspective towards what's happening. I shared a story in a recent podcast of a minister who had had a dream that God had told him he could breathe underwater. So right around that same time that I heard that minister's dream, a friend of mine had shared an experience where she was just deeply interceding, you know, for quite some time with the Lord. She's really a prayer. So she was just in it. And she began to, in the natural, actually feel like she was choking. And there can be different reasons for that, but it relates to this because sometimes while we see ourselves choking, he sees that we can breathe underwater. We see ourselves as grasshoppers, like some of the Israelite team did that they went out to explore the promised land. They saw themselves as grasshoppers, but God sees us as giant killers, Zechariah 4.10 says, and this is our key verse for the day, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. 
So this is talking about the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem, but it applies to many areas of life. Think about starting a business. Big things, they rarely start big, right? They start with a seed and then they grow and it takes time. A watched pot never boils, right? You've heard that saying before. So don't focus on the water not boiling. Set the pot on the stove, get things started, and then start cutting vegetables, get prepared to steward that bigger thing, the whole meal. Before you know it, the water is boiling and your guests have arrived. So be prepared for those bigger things to come and get yourself ready. Start working on other things. I was at uh, Walmart recently and there's this lady there and I don't even know why we started talking about this, but she started telling me that she, let's say you need like an extra five cents or six cents to pay tax or something like that. She says, instead of getting out the change, she'll actually give them a dollar so she can get that 95 cents back. And what she does with that is she puts it in her emergency fund and she's actually used her emergency fund to do all kinds of things. She paid for tires for her friend. She paid for a water heater for her son. And I said, wow, that's awesome. I was like, you know, some people, they call that their vacation fund. (laughs) And she was like, nope, not me. She's like, this is my emergency fund. And, you know, she knew the purpose of that fund. She wasn't going to start spending it on other things or wasting it on something else. She knows a few coins can lead to new tires to bless her neighbor or a water heater for her son. So when you know the purpose, your goal, you aren't going to get distracted. We're going to read Nehemiah 6. And just the background on this, he had been rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. So Nehemiah 6, chapter 3, verse 1 Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, and Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that they had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at the time I had not hung the doors and the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work, so I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times, and I answered them in the same manner. Then Samballot sent his servant to me as before the fifth time. Come on, these dudes, they just need to take a hint and give up. (laughs) All right, so he sent the servant with an open letter in his hand. In it was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall, that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, and let us consult together. Then I sent him, saying, No such things, as you say, are being done but you invent them in your heart. For they were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. That's a great story. Nehemiah, he's doing this great work for the Lord, and the distraction comes. Nehemiah is on to them. He's like, "Uh uh-uh, you are trying to make us afraid, and that is not going to happen. So first off, every time I've heard anyone else preach on this passage, They make that joke about meeting in a place called Oh No. So just for consistency, (laughs) let's do that. Don't ever agree to meet someone in a place called Oh No, okay? 
Just not a good idea, right? All right, so I don't know why it's named that anyway. I remember people should name things good things. I don't understand why they don't, but I remember one time we had gotten our son a bike, or maybe it was a gift from someone, I can't remember, but you know how bikes have stickers on them and they say different, you know, words or or designs or something. So I realized after he had already had the bike for a little bit, we looked at the bike and the sticker said, wipe out. And I was like, why would anyone ever name a bike wipe out, right? First of all. And secondly, why did we buy it or whoever gave it to us? <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. It's just not smart. It's not the way you want to start out your kid's biking career, right? Okay, so Nehemiah, they're like, come down off your wall. Let's talk. And he's like, nope. He knew what God had told him to do, and he stuck to it. And I'm sure they just started with one brick, right? Just one brick, a simple start, and then another. And then it might have seemed like a small beginning, but eventually one brick became 10, and then 100, and then 1,000. The people kept trying to distract him, but he kept at it. And they even started lying about him. But he's like, no, you're making stuff up. And in the end, he turns his focus to God and he says, strengthen my hands. I love that. He, after all this coming against him, he's working really hard. And he says, God, strengthen my hands. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Some versions um, say give strong support to. You know, God is searching for those who are not willing to give up and not despise the small beginning, but instead stick with it. And when he finds us, he's going to strengthen us when your hearts are fully committed to him. So in that small beginning time, prepare for your part. Don't spend the resources, the money you've set aside or the time that you've that should have been allocated on that one thing that God spoke to you to do in that season. Don't spend it on something else. Ephesians 6, 13 through 14 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. You know, when people come at you with lies or distractions, stand firm. Then stand firm again. It's very clear in that verse. That's what we need to do. So I think of the Egyptians and when they made the pyramids, like that's a mystery how they even did that all that time ago in the first place. But, you know, they started with one block. Bless that small thing that God is doing, and it will grow. Whatever you focus on will get bigger. That's across life. So focus on your bills. They seem bigger, right? And then more come. <laughs> so don't do that. Focus on, hey, I get to pay these bills instead of I have to. You know, look at things differently. Think about when you have kids, they are so little, little like six pound babies. If we despised them and said, what's wrong with you? I have to do everything for you. Those would be some really rough toddler years, huh? But we don't. We nurture them. And the next thing we know, they're graduating. You know, when it got rough for, for me raising kids, well, we're still raising kids right now, but you know, at times I would imagine them rising up and calling me blessed, just like it talks about in Proverbs. I would imagine them getting married and raising their own kids and, and even getting to be a grandma. I know like you have to go through the raising kids stage to get to the grandma part. You have to, like that's how it works, you know, unless you marry into it or something. But the point is being a grandparent is going to be so awesome 
but you can't despise the small beginnings of having that one newborn. Or imagine that business 10 years down the line. Let's say you just started a business and think about it 10 years from now. It's mature. You're employing many people, bringing in a good profit, blessing the community or that ministry that you're that you're doing that you just started and you've only got a few people helping you. You know, imagine it with lots of volunteers and helping people get delivered or grow into their identity in Christ and learning how to minister. You know, we don't have any problem imagining the worst. We'll flip that. Imagine the best. So if you can't see it, then how are you going to be a part of making it happen? You know, we become what we behold. So see or imagine your small business thriving and becoming a big business. See your family getting along and adding to your numbers. See yourself in a new job or with many close relationships. So whatever God is speaking to you in your next season, envision yourself doing it. Start somewhere. Start small and watch it grow. We make kombucha here and we love it. If you don't know what that is, it's most people do, but it's just a fermented tea drink and it's got probiotics. It's really good for you. But when you start making your own, you check your SCOBY like all the time. A SCOBY is just a little weird rubbery kind of substance. It's totally natural. It's like bacteria culture, but you need it to brew kombucha. So every day, you know, you check it. You're so excited. It seems to take forever for that first batch to be ready to bottle. But after you get going, your scobies, it's like they multiply overnight. It becomes huge. And without you even having to do hardly anything, eventually you even have scobies to give to other people so that they can start making kombucha. It's awesome. Like literally overnight they grow. But if I can't get through that first beginning period of waiting, then I'm not going to get very far. I need to be preparing and getting ready for the bottling process while I'm waiting. Or I could have never gotten to the point where I have plenty of kombucha and scobies to share. So sometimes in the process, I will say the kombucha gets off track. It gets kind of beerish. Then we call it kombircha. Um, you know, or it just gets off tasting. But you can start over because you have what you need and you've learned from that experience. You know, God is always right there with you to course correct. So go after those dreams and celebrate those small beginnings. Decide ahead of time to celebrate the victories and those small steps that you take forward. I have an ongoing joke with my husband where we joke about my things being little. It started at one point a while back. I realized that when he would talk about something having to do with me personally, let's just say, for instance, like a, my Bible study group or my car or my phone or something, he would say, oh, so, hey, when's your little Bible study group going to happen? Or don't forget your little jacket or something like that. Like, I would just notice. I'm like, why are you calling my stuff little? Um, <laughs> and he wasn't doing it on purpose. You know, some of my stuff compared to his, it is little, right? But I thought, you know, no, my Bible study group, it isn't little. It's big. And my car isn't little. It's big. And my stuff is important. And my stuff matters. And my stuff is big in Jesus' name. So now we just joke about it. I want to encourage you. Your stuff's not little. It's not small. It's growing. You're on your way. So if it helps for you to consider small beginnings, if it helps you to consider them small big beginnings, then do that. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, wholeheartedly, as unto the Lord. So if you're doing what you feel the Lord has called you to do, it might seem small, 
but he considers it a small beginning. So I bless your small beginnings in Jesus' name.